0: Dr. Kerry Gelb spent 2017 to 2019 traveling the continent and Europe producing a feature-length documentary entitled Open Your Eyes. It was released in 2020. Upon its release, he launched the Open Your Eyes podcast that delivers weekly episodes focusing on all aspects of health. He has been interviewed for radio and television on topics related to ocular health. He frequently lectures on the diagnosis and treatment of macular degeneration, glaucoma, and diabetes. He has extensive knowledge and expertise in the evaluation and fitting of especially hard to fit contact lenses. He is also certified in the evaluation and management of corneal refractive therapy contact lenses. He's committed to providing the highest quality of care to his patients. Dr. Kerry Gelb graduated with honors in 1984 from the Illinois College of Optometry and completed a one-year residency in the diagnosis and management of ocular disease. Dr. Gelb has been practicing in New Jersey for the past 23 years. He currently resides in Union County with his wife and child. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Heal Nourish Grow podcast. I am really excited to share my guest. I say that every time, but I am always really excited to share my guest with you because I think we're going to have a really Awesome uh, conversation today with Dr. Gulb about eye health. And he has been working for the last several years on a documentary that we're going to discuss in detail. And then also of special interest to my audience specifically is he does some work, um, with eye health and diabetes. And so, you know, I don't like to get too doom and gloom with these things, but my gosh, if, if saving your site, isn't a good enough reason to work on your metabolic health, I don't know what is. So anyway, all that said, welcome. If you can share a little bit about yourself beyond what I just said, beyond what's in your bio, how you got into Into being passionate about eye health and what led you to spend two years of your life traveling around the world to make this documentary?
1: Well, you know, thank you for having me. You know, I'm I'm so excited that our documentary is called Open Your Eyes is now on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, iTunes, Google Play, uh, (laughs) YouTube, uh, movies and documentaries. And I think, you know, people realize that the eyes are important but they don't realize the connection between the eye and systemic disease. So the purpose of making the movie is to have the population, the public at large, realize that the, be, through the eye, we could diagnose disease much sooner than a lot of times that it, they could be diagnosed You know, from going to your internist or your family practice, especially when we're dealing with vascular disease. Because when we look into the eye, we could see at 10 microns or less. So we could see the capillaries, the really small capillaries. So, as you know, capillaries go from your toe up into your brain. And we could tell a lot by looking at the capillaries in the eye. In fact, you mentioned diabetes. A number of years ago, when I got the special camera to image the blood vessels in the back of the eye the capillaries, I would see these little outpouchings. And at the beginning, we didn't know what it was. Uh, And then but because I'm very interested in functional medicine, and I've been up to a lot of the IFM conferences, and I spent a lot of time Taking lectures from Mark Houston, who you might have heard of, who's an integrative cardiologist and vascular disease. I put two and two together and I realized it was probably those were microaneurysms and and they were caused from insulin resistance. So we did a pilot study to see if these microaneurysms, microaneurysms. were related to insulin resistance and sure enough when we did fasting insulin labs and 2 hour insulin it correlated very well with microaneurysms so by looking in the eye we could see if you're on the spectrum if you have this type of camera if you we could see if you have these microaneurysms and if you're on the spectrum of diabetes so either very early before you get diabetes So, you know, uh, nutrition could be recommended, lifestyle change if we see these microaneurysms, or whether or not you have frank diabetes, you know, uh, based on the current uh, way of diagnosing fasting blood sugar over 125 or A1C 6.5 and above, so The labs are, you know, looking in the eye, we could see close to 300 systemic diseases. The eye is very complex. So from the front of the eye, even looking at the eyelids all the way back to the optic nerve of the eye and the movement of the eyes, there's a lot of different diseases from autoimmune disease to vascular disease that we could see by looking at the eyes. So the eye is, as they always say, is the window to your soul, but really now that the technology is so good for the eye doctors is becoming the window to your health.
0: That, that is absolutely fascinating. I have never heard this thing. Did you call you called the micro aneurysms? Is it, Did I get that right?
1: Right. The little tiny aneurysms in the capillary, little outpouchings that we could see it, And it's because the insulin is causing, you know, it's causing the blood to, to actually clot a little bit and, and sludge a little bit.
0: Wow. That is, and again, I, I know I say, I hate to get so doom and gloom with some of this health stuff sometimes, but it is such a, it's such a frustration to me as a person who uh, focuses on all this stuff and tries to help people, you know, get over their sugar addiction and at least start moving towards a, a version that can help get their blood sugars under control is that I think a lot of people, a lot of doctors in particularly not eye doctors necessarily, but like traditional doctors, they kind of slough over, like they might see somebody's um, their blood sugar is kind of going up over the years and getting to that point where maybe it's like, hey, maybe I should say something, but it doesn't seem like they do, or they don't tell you these very real consequences to letting it go on. Like, uh, okay, you're getting these microaneurysms now, but if you let it keep going, blindness might be down the road of my, I, I mean, again, not to be so doom and gloom, but that's a pretty bad outcome.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I think what happens is because of the standard American diet, the SAD diet, And, you know, most people have insulin resistance and, you know, and the the doctors are like, you know, well, this is kind of the new normal everybody's is pre-diabetic you know or at least 50 percent of the population last time they did the study is either pre-diabetic or diabetic it's more than 50 percent so i think the doctors you know instead of telling every other patient you know you have all these problems mm-hmm. and they say well those wait till they actually are diabetic then start treating them but of course obviously the, 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 the doctors find that they don't have time and they have to work with the patients that are real sick. So, but, but the bottom line is if you could prevent people from becoming diabetic and you could save not only their eyes, but get saving them from having cardiovascular disease and cancers, all the things that high insulin and high sugar cause, you know, before the sugar goes up, what happens is insulin goes up first, and the person becomes insulin resistance and elevated insulin is just as dangerous as elevated blood sugar It just ha- happens, it just happens first so the, do- the doctors is just so busy taking care of the sick patients, it's like they don't have time to take care of the people that are kind of getting sick. And if you look at the money spent, the 75% of the dollars are spent on people that are already sick that have preventable disease but only three percent of the dollars are spent on preventing disease and of course you you and me and you know people involved in functional medicine want want to change that because we want to see if we can prevent people from being sick but of course it's so complex because you know there's so much lifestyle it's diet it's stress it's you know, it's, it's exercise, it's so much involved in it. And, uh, but it's really, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy.
0: Yeah. And I think to just clarify your point, and you have so many good things that you mentioned there about the insulin. And for people that aren't as familiar with this, it's funny, a lot of people outside of functional medicine really won't order fasting insulin, but it's actually a very easy, inexpensive test. I have a source where I go lab, I think it's like $29 $29 and they throw in HBA1C2. I mean, it's it's not super expensive. Now I realize not everybody might have an extra $30 to spend on their health, but if you are worried about that, it's, it's a test that you can get easily enough. And I can put that link in the show notes. Um, and then the second thing that you said is that the problem with our healthcare system, right? Like doctors only have maybe 10 minutes with their patient. And so if you're doing okay and you're not diabetic yet, then yeah, I can see how that system release. And this is not nothing new to people that listen to this podcast before we kind of talk about this. Um, But I love that people like yourself and other people more involved in functional medicine are starting to see this and starting to make changes. Um, But before we move on to talk about your documentary stuff, I did just want to uh, go back to one question that I had when you mentioned that special camera, if people would like to be able to seek out Uh, a doctor that has this, could you say the name of it and like how they might find out if that's something there? Because it sounds like you could get all sorts of wonderful health insights with your regular eye exam.
1: Right. So you want to ask for retinal imaging or OCT angiography. Those are the, those are the tests that could pick up these microaneurysms.
0: If you've been around my content for a while, you know that one of my favorite things is making and eating gourmet food and pairing it with wine. of the wines from the Loire Valley in France. Dry farm wines are free from excess sulfites and mold that can cause adverse reactions and hangovers. With no added sugar, each wine is tested to be under one gram of sugar in the entire bottle. Yep, you just heard that right. There's less than one carb in the whole bottle of wine. They're also slightly lower alcohol, which means you can enjoy a delicious wine pairing at dinner any given night and not end up with a hangover. You can receive an extra bottle for just a penny with your first order by visiting Dry Dryfarmwines.com slash Heal Nourish Grow. I'd love to hear what your favorite wine is after you try it. And be sure to tag me on social with pictures of your wine and delicious dinners. Again, that bottle of wine for a penny is at dryfarmwines.com slash grow Okay. I have to call my eye doctor immediately because (laughs) I'm really interested in this. And she does have some specialty equipment, but I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if that's one. Um, But anyway, back to your documentary. So you actually spent at least two years is what it said in your bio, traveling from 2017 to 2019. To make this film, first of all, I'm curious. I'm, I'm jealous that you got to travel all around to do that for work. But often, work travel is not as fun as some people will know. <laughs> and um, so, where did you go? What were you trying to find out? Who were you talking to? What are all of the things that were involved in that two-year period?
1: So yeah, so we were in Costa. You know, it, it, we were in Costa Rica in the Coya. So that was one of my favorite places because we got to work with the centenarians. And we wanted to see, you know, the centenarians why they're living so long and how it affects their eyes. And are they getting the same eye diseases that we're getting in the West? You know, and and the main eye disease that we see for blindness over the age of 55 is macular degeneration. And what we found is that these people are living over 100, but they're not getting macular degeneration because they're living, you know, they're eating. You know, real food. You know, every they 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 have their food from their from their yard, or they, they have the chicken that they're they're slaughtering and eating the ch- chicken. You know, once in a while, and you know, growing different types of vegetables, and so most of the food that they or all the food that you know they're they're living in the jungle, the food that they're eating is you know obviously food that 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 is totally foreign to us because it's totally non-processed so because of that they're living longer another thing is that they they spend all day out in the sun you know they don't have air conditioning and what we have you know it's hot there and they're in the sun getting sun and you know we're always told by dermatology to stay out of the sun because we're going to get skin cancer and here are all these people living out in the sun you know obviously you know they get a they you know it's gradual where they they get this sun and they're not going to go out in the sun for 14 hours day one but they they you know they kind of they get used to it and the sun is very nourishing you know jack is who's in the film has talked a lot about the importance of the sun i was also in canada and we talked to jason fong who you know jason fong is (laughs) Has made fasting uh, very popular, and he's an expert on insulin resistance. And speaking to him it was really a, it was really terrific. Uh, we were in Budapest where we talked about uh, myopia control and why the kids in the cities are becoming near, myopia is nearsighted, where they need glasses to see distance, but they're not getting it in the in the in the rural areas. You know, it's about four times more common in the cities than in the rural areas because they're not looking at cell phones and and digital devices and they're spending time outside because we know from myopia to as a decrease the risk you got to be outside and of course the digital devices increase the risk of becoming nearsighted so you know so we've been you know and i was throughout the united states and you know interviewed jeffrey smith about gmos and and Carrie Gillum about GMOs so we kind of try to tie everything together and it really was uh, a fantastic journey and certainly uh, as a doctor I learned a lot as well interviewing all these you know famous physicians and it certainly was a lot of fun and people that have seen the movie they really like the movie it's entertaining it's science we call it scientific entertainment entertainment and it's good for all ages you know we have something in the kids because there's animation in the film a little bit so the kids kind of like that and then we have the centenarian so the seniors like it so we have something for everybody and of course there's a lot about nutrition and health and you know trying to get trying to get your trying to improve wellness
0: Yeah, and which is my favorite topic, and I can't wait to actually watch this film. I wanted to do it before we met, and but it happened kind of quickly, and she scheduled you right away, which was awesome. But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, I didn't get to watch it yet, but that's on my list of to-do things. And for everybody listening, it should be on your list as well because some of the people and things that you just mentioned in that film, I think, are going to be so amazing. Um, The one thing I wanted to revisit because this has been a topic that's kind of hot in the health and wellness space lately is the Uh, you mentioned about getting sun on your skin because that's our biggest source of vitamin D, which is a huge um, protective factor from things such as viruses. I won't go into any further detail about that, but getting real sun on your skin without sunblock is very important. And recently I've become more aware that getting sun on your eyes is really important for circadian rhythm. I have light eyes. I get headaches really easy. So I've always been a person to wear um, sunglasses in the sun just to kind of protect my eyes because that's what we were always taught. Um, but more recently, when I go outside, I'm trying to spend at least a half an hour to an hour outside without sunglasses on um, just to kind of help reset circadian rhythms. And also maybe there's possibly other benefits that you could speak to. So any, any commentary on that?
1: Uh, first thing with the sun, and also you get you get increased nitric oxide from the sun, and causes vasodilation. It's very good for the you know. But but the best time to get the sun is to get the morning sun as soon as the sun is rising, to because the melatonin is made in the morning, uh, and and then at night is when the melatonin is released. So the blue light actually helps make the melatonin. It gets stored. And then released at night. So certainly, uh, having uh, co- going out in the morning without sunglasses for an hour or so, uh, a- absolutely, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, and infrared, you know, whether it's on the skin or where it's coming from, uh, is it's about 42, 43 percent of the rays of the sun, and it's very healing. So and and uh, when when the blue light is coming into coming into our And setting the circadian rhythm, uh, that is certainly very important to help people sleep. Now, one of the things that I do is I always drive with my sunroof down Mm -hmm. just to try to get some direct sun if I wasn't able to be out in the sun that day.
0: Now, those are some great tips. And I just want to mention that I just had a little technical glitch on my side. But when I came back, you were still talking. So I'm hoping that all of that got recorded. But if not, I'll do my best to uh, fill people in in the Mm -hmm. middle. Um, But we were talking about the effects of sunlight on circadian rhythm, which is really important. Um, The other thing that I think that was interesting that you mentioned in traveling around for this thing, first of all, it reminded me of Weston Price. And I don't know if you're definitely familiar with his name, I'm sure. But for people that don't know, look him up. Really interesting. He was a dentist. He kind of did the same thing, traveled around and tried to learn from indigenous cultures about why they weren't experiencing all these teeth issues. And it's, it's funny to me that doctors that are focused on like sort of one specific area of health are the ones that end up really illuminating all of this extra stuff that we didn't know before, like, like you were talking about with the vision and being able to see the micro aneurysms. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, what about the kids? Of the, I mean, as soon as you said, the people that are watching this on video, this thing, this device in my hand has so many negatives for health. Um, and apparently, eyesight being one of them. Um, I've also read some people talk about how it's affecting posture and cervical spine issues from people looking at their phones all the time. What was it about being able to do it there? I think you said that might have been Prague or where, Budapest? Nicoya, but, Nicoya,
1: okay. Costa Rica.
0: Oh Costa Rica, what was it about that area that allowed you to, when going back to the kids and the eyesight, or even the centenarians also, how were you able to distinguish that that was exactly it with the urban versus the country? I mean, I would assume kids in the country still have some of that, or are they just too busy doing chores, or why wasn't that the same for them?
1: Yeah, I think in in the in the country they just can't. I think it's more economics. Mm -hmm. You know, they just can't really afford the digital devices or otherwise they would have it. I mean, it's been a couple, you know, it took like two and a half years to make the film and getting the film out uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, So that took a little bit. So things may be a little bit different, but they don't, most of them did not have any kind of digital device or cell phone and they're outside playing soccer and they're doing, you know, the things that I wish our kids would do you know when I was a kid my mother used to yell at me come in and uh, stop playing outside now we're yelling at the kids go outside and play. Right. You <laughs> exactly. know, it's like you know get off the computer games and when, when it went out before you know uh, I got a little distracted but I wanted to say for, there's a separate this a dif- separate pathway in the eye it's called the SCN uh, and, and we have the vision pathway. And then we have this SCN, which is part of the circadian rhythm. And that's what happens when we go outside, and we're exposed to the blue light to go through this, this SCN pathway to help uh, make the melatonin. But to go back to to go back to uh, Costa Rica, you know, uh, you know, but when, when I, we were in the city, uh, and, and uh, San Jose, the kids, Did have uh, digital devices and you know and you know they were in about 40% of them were myopic or nearsighted compared to about 12 13% in in the in the in, in the real very rural areas where we were filming
0: like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now we'd also love it if you could post a review on itunes it helps us so much by allowing others to more easily find us the heal nourish grow podcast wouldn't be possible without listeners like you thank you so much for your support now back to the show Um, any practical advice that you can give as far as i mean i'm assuming just taking a break instead of looking at this thing so (laughs) so frequently but um I even noticed that I work on the computer all day. I write and I do this stuff. And I'm very bad about taking breaks to where I think you're supposed to like look at somewhere else and focus your eyes on something far, something near. I mean, any practical advice on how often that should be done? (laughs) And and can we really counteract the negatives of these devices that are like our lifeline (laughs) these days?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we talk about this in the film. I mean, we use something called the 20-20-20 rule. Every 20 minutes look greater than 20 feet for 20 seconds and stand up. So I tell my patients every 20 minutes, you know, look out stand up look out the window because sitting too long, you know, the eye bones connected to the toe bone, it's also very bad for your heart. You know, you can increase your risk of having a heart attack by sitting all day. So uh I mean and there's studies to show that. So every 20 minutes you got to stand up, look out the window, give your eyes uh, give your eyes a break. And uh, because you know you get uh, this digital device syndrome where your your eyes are getting very tired. You're looking at blue light on you're looking at blue light, and it's just blue light. You know when you're outside in the sun, you're getting a wide spectrum of light. So when you're looking at the digital device, it's always 12, 12 noon. <laughs> that's the, it's, that's the, that's what, that's what it's like. You're looking at 12 noon. So if you're looking at digital devices, many people, you know, especially at night, it's going to keep them up. They're not going to be able to sleep because, you know, they're, you know, because it keeps them, because it messes with the circadian rhythm, like we were speaking about before.
0: Right. And that's one thing that most devices now, I, I used to have a program on my Mac called flux where it would at sunrise and sunset shift to red. And what I've done since then is just because of the proliferation of all of these devices, I have all of my devices just to block it all the time. So it's this kind of funky red hue, but I've I've just gotten used to it and I'm fine with it because I want to just not affect my um, circadian rhythm in, negatively in that way. Um, so yeah, and I,
1: I think that's really good. And there's also blue and there's also f- filtering glasses, blue filtering glasses that you could get when you're looking at the computer all day to help Uh, to help filter out some of those rays and we know that it definitely helps with sleep you know in a lot of people now you know there's some controversy does it help with eye strain you know I think it does you know but you know it's about 50 50 some people it does some people it doesn't and does it help decrease the risk of macular degeneration because that that was a big Selling point in, I believe, in Europe, and the company that was making those claims got themselves into trouble. But there may be some truth to that, but we won't know for many, many years. So, but in lab, you know, and some rodents is indicating that there could be some damage to some of the cells in the back of the eye from staring at these blue light computers all day. But again, we're not going to know what's going to happen until we have some more studies and, you know, it's it's a kind of a controversial topic. But I do have to say that when I have a patient that has early macular degeneration, I recommend they do have blue filtering lenses because it's not going to hurt them and it may help.
0: Yeah, and it's it's such an easy thing to do. And I also have a great resource for that. Um, Actually, it's a gentleman you may want to connect with at some point. Um, Really interesting background. And and he um, is very specific on making his lenses to really... Like you know it's not an Amazon product let me just put it that way because I I think there's varying qualities of these things but I feel like the two of you might need to connect at some point Um, I mean because (laughs) because
1: off the computer it's at 455 nanometers so it really has to you really have to know the lens what what it's absorbing is it absorbing at 455 or is it just absorbing at 400 or up to 430 but you're not getting the 455 then
0: you're not really getting the benefit that you need Right. And that makes perfect sense. Cause if you're going to wear them anyway, you might as well make sure that they're effective for what you're actually trying to prevent um, with the macular degeneration. Do you have any specific, um, other tips, whether it's nutrition, whether it's exercises or anything that people can do? I mean, I was stunned by that stat that you threw out something about how many people and, and getting it relatively young, like it's starting at age 50. What, what can we be doing to help with that?
1: Yeah, so macular degeneration is the leading cause of blindness, and there's a lot that we could do to decrease our risk of macular degeneration. So first thing is you want to get your eyes examined to see if you have any early signs of there's a family history. And even if you don't have early signs, there's a special diet you could go on, uh, and there's certain supplements that you could take to decrease your risk. So first, let me start with the supplements. Uh, because that's easy, but you, you know, supplements are supplements you want to supplement with diet. Uh, but lutein, zeaxanthin, and mesozeaxanthin are very, very important to decrease your risk of macular degeneration. There's a very good product called Macia Health, which will help, uh, which has those three in it. And depending on how well you absorb the lutein, the zeaxanthin, the mesozeaxanthin, you can decrease your risk. There are studies to show depending on how well you absorb it, if you absorb it really well, you could decrease the risk of macular degeneration over 90% with zeaxanthin lutein in the 70s. And by taking the combination of lutein, zeaxanthin and meso-zeaxanthin together, together, it's a synergistic effect. Vitamin D, there's been studies with over 77,000 people to show if you can get your vitamin D in in a protective level over 50 nanograms per ml is probably the magic number, you could decrease the risk by over about 40%. Omega-3 fish oil, uh, taking fish oil, you know, good quality omega-3, you could decrease about about 40%. Exercise decreases somewhere around 40, around 40%. So there's a lot of things that you could do. Now, of course, you want to eat foods that have that are high in lutein, zeaxanthin, and mesa zeaxanthin, there's really not a lot of foods with that so your body we need to convert lutein to mesozeaxanthin which is dead center in the macular which is a part we call the fovea so there's mesozeaxanthin's dead center then there's zeaxanthin and there's lutein so we want the lutein to be able to convert to mesozeaxanthin unfortunately there's a percentage a small percentage of people you know different studies maybe about 10-15 percent of the people that have trouble converting from a lack of enzyme. So that's why I like that supplement that has the three in it. But the foods that contain lutein or kale, coll- you know, kale, collard greens, uh, eggs, uh, the dark green leafy dark green leafy vegetables orange and yellow peppers zeaxanthin has some of those in that also but the best for zeaxanthin is something called goji berries so you probably being in the health field have heard of goji <laughs> berries are very popular in asia for health but you know it's actually very it looks like a dried out It looks like a raisin, a red raisin, and it's sweet and eating it with uh, maybe some raw cacao and some coconut and some nuts, you could actually make uh, a nice trail mix. And nuts also have been shown to decrease your risk of uh, macular degeneration. But the goji berries are very high in zeaxanthin, also very high in in, in amino acids and has more vitamin C than oranges. So and then you want to eat, a, a, then you want to eat a diet of real food. You know, you don't want to eat processed food, you know, 63% of the American diet is processed food with inflammatory oil, oils and, you know, you talked about Western price before a good friend of mine, Chris Kenobi who's an ophthalmologist actually gave up being an eye doctor to really study ancestral diets and how it affects the eye. And he's very interested right now, him and uh, Dr. McCullough are writing a book together, I understand, on inflammatory oils. But then there's the sugar and the processed grains and the trans fats. Uh, so all these things are make up the 63% of the, of the American diet, which is a processed food diet. So you want to get rid of all the processed foods. You obviously smoking is increased the risk of macular degeneration three to four times. I think most people know that smoking is bad for them. And seems like there's less people smoking now, obviously if people have a big belly, you know, they're insulin resistant. They have that big belly. There's a two times greater risk of having uh, macular degeneration, and if you eat high glycemic foods, also there's a double the risk of cataracts and macular degeneration. Degen- and trans fats, there's a three times. So again, we want to eat foods with high o- omega threes. We want to be on an anti-inflammatory kind of paleo type diet. You know, there's a reason our teeth are the way they are. So, you know, so that's the so grass-fed meat or organic turkey and chicken. You know, mostly plant-based. You know, three to one vegetables to to fruits. We want to drink. We want to make sure we're hydrated. I did a great podcast with Gerald Pollock on structured water, uh, but we want to make sure if we could structure the water, add some frozen blueberries to the water so the water gets more joe like and we could uh, we could absorb it a little bit a little bit better. Uh, you know, so we want to add spices because macular degeneration is an inflammatory disease so we wanted things that decrease inflammation just like almost all chronic diseases come from inflammation and we're finding that gut health you know the microbiome plays a role in macular degeneration i had a great interview with my podcast with Alessio Fasano. Uh, I I interviewed him and we haven't played it yet, but we're going to play that soon. Again, uh, vitamin D3 and with K2, of course, because you don't want D3 alone because of the increase in, you know, vitamin D, getting vitamin D over 50 nanograms per ml does a lot of great things from decreasing your risk of cancer and, and hypertension and, diabetes, but also raises calcium. We don't want that calcium to go in the blood vessels. So by combining it with vitamin K2 can redirect the calcium into the right places. So, and as I mentioned, exercise. And so uh, so there's a lot of things we could do to decrease our risk. And of course, getting your eyes examined, looking for these little spots in the macula called drusen, which are these and little inflammatory markers To show that the tissue in the back of the eye is breaking down and it may increase your risk and it will most likely increase your risk of getting macular degeneration when you get older so you know you know depending on how you define macular degeneration even in optometry and ophthalmology you know is it macular degeneration once you lose your vision or when you have just these little drusen, you know, we have different classifications, so, but the bottom line is, if, if you, if you take the proper supplements, you eat the proper foods, you can really lower your risk of getting macular degeneration.
0: You know how I like to talk about being just 1% better every day? Well, ButcherBox believes in better. For them, better means caring about animals and the planet, treating the planet with respect, And it means improving the lives of animals and the livelihoods of farmers. Their beef is grass-fed and grass-finished. Chicken is free-range and organic turkey is free-range. Pork is humanely raised and salmon and scallops are wild-caught. I've been using ButcherBox for a couple of years now, and it was a godsend having such high quality meat delivered to my door during the pandemic. If you're interested in saving money and eating healthier, this is the perfect service for you. Even if you can get back to the grocery store now, the quality and health of ButcherBox meat is far superior to what's in the market. Plus, if you're a bacon lover, I have really good news. You can always get a great deal on your subscription by using my link, but starting June 12th until October 14th, new members can get free bacon for life. That's right. Every box will include a pack of uncured, unbelievably delicious bacon added to every box for the life of your membership. Check my show notes for the link or go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash H-N-G butcher box. I think that thank you for all those really like concrete tips that people can put into action immediately between the supplements, between the way that you eat. And I think the beautiful thing is that most of those supplements that you mentioned, most of the practices that you mentioned are all things that we all need to be doing for greater health. Anyway, everybody that's heard this podcast before has heard me talk about all of those (laughs) things for the most part. So um, I'm glad to hear that, you know, at least the things that we're doing for our health for the most part, I mean, I'm sure there are some instances, but but are not uh, in conflict with each other. Like what you're doing to get metabolically healthy is going to help keep your eyes healthy, is going to help keep your arteries healthy. So it's all wonderfully related. And it's just getting yourself to create those new habits that is really the challenge for most people.
1: Right, absolutely.
0: So podcast.
1: I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, when I talk to patients, I'm surprised because patients always want to know what they could do from a nutrition point point of view to help their to help their health. Many doctors say, "Yeah, they, they're not going to do it anyway. They're not interested." But they are interested. Patients are interested, and uh, you know, over you know, dry eye, macular degeneration, diabetes—they're all nutrition related—and the things that we deal with a lot. And over the last, I don't know, ten years, I've always said, "Do you want me to?" teach you the cause of the disease or do you want me to just give you a drug and and let's call it a day and treat and treat treat the cause treat the symptom rather than just treating the cause and i've only had one person tell me nah, just give me the drug i i, I don't care about what cause of my dry eyes."
0: Yeah. I don't know if doctors give us enough credit. Sometimes people always say that to me, like I've been, I mean, I've been low carb. I started with low carb and then I went to keto and it's been over five years for keto over six years for low carb. And, and people always say it's not sustainable. And I'm like, I just, I'm like, I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> like it's, it's perfectly sustainable, but it does require a mindset shift. It does require some habit changes. And, and that for me, and being from a psychology background, I understand that that's quite often the most challenging part to get over. It's like people know what they need to do. It's But creating those new habits to support that is is a whole different um, thing and and probably a longer discussion for a different day. (laughs) But um, I wanted to make sure, well, before we go about your podcast, I did have one other very selfish question for you. And it's something that I only recently learned about because another podcaster, um, Dr. Paul Saladino, said he'd been using these contacts at night. And so that he gets up in the day and he goes surfing and his vision's great all day. And he just puts in contacts at night. And I was thinking like, why have I never heard of this before? But then I read your bio and you mentioned it right there. Um, can you maybe, I just feel like a lot of people don't know about this and it could be something that is, I don't know if they're like necessarily healthier in a way, or if they just improve. I think I've definitely improved my quality of life. I'd just love to hear your thoughts on those since it's something that you work with.
1: I assume he's doing off. Okay. So he's probably nearsighted. So he sleeps with these contact lenses at night and it gently reshapes his eye. And then he takes them off in the morning. And now he's not nearsighted anymore. And he could he could see instead of doing LASIK and removing the tissue, it's just moving the tissue into a mold and, and moving it to the side. And because by doing that, it's changing the refractive error. And I certainly do a lot of ortho-K. And so I do it mostly with kids, you know, because it decreases the risk of them becoming nearsighted, slows it down up to about 70% of the progression of nearsighted. So we could catch the kids early. Uh, we start them on ortho K and we could decrease their progression of myopia. So that's probably what, what he's doing. He's doing ortho K. So he's nearsighted, he's sleeping with the lenses and to re, you know, to reshape his eye to decrease his myopia during the day.
0: Interesting. I'd I'd never heard of that. So (laughs) thank you for adding some further uh, description to that. Now, before we move along, I want to, so you kind of shared briefly where the um, movie is available, but maybe you could revisit that, where people can find you. Are you active on any social channels? And of course the podcast, people will definitely want to check that out. I think it's off like kind of a broad health and wellness, similar to this uh, show. And your last thing that you're on some alternative uh kinds of media channels where you discuss some things that we shouldn't talk about on youtube (laughs) but um if anybody is interested in that sort of thing and if you hear this you'll know what i'm talking about um i want them to know where to find you there as well so that was a lot of stuff but hopefully you can (laughs) throw them all together
1: yeah so again our movie is on amazon prime apple tv itunes google play and if you go to YouTube, uh, movies and documentaries, you could, you could watch it there. Uh, again, we, we've been getting some great reviews, so I think people really love it. I, it's called Open Your Eyes. The name of the movie is Open Your Eyes. And then I have a podcast called Open Your Eyes with Dr. Kerry Gelb on YouTube and all of the podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, all the, the typical podcast places where you find podcasts. And about half of my podcasts have to do with the eye and we interview optometrists and ophthalmologists uh and vision scientists and we do great topics from sports vision so for people out there who are very interested in, who are sports fanatics whether they play baseball or tennis you can improve your your ability to play sports by doing certain exercises to exercise your eye with people and we have experts the biggest experts on sports vision and then you know we have typical contact lenses and and experts in glaucoma and myopia how to decrease your risk of myopia so we have all types of different experts in in the in in the eye field and then i interview people in functional medicine and i've gotten to interview some of the greats such as dale bredesen who wrote the end of alzheimer's and uh joel Kahn, you know a card a vegan cardiologist and so we've in- you know uh gerald pollack i've interviewed him with you know on water, which was you know some of the some of the great interviews so i have a lot of great inf- interviews on that and then of course i have on some alternative media where where we talk a little bit about some i have a podcast where we talk about some Uh, Things that are more controversial, which really shouldn't be controversial, but we do. And I have some very amazing guests that everybody has heard of them if they've uh, watched Joe Rogan.
0: Okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, and I don't. You know, it's funny. I I want people to really just hear this: is that in this space, in this health space, and then kind of like a lot of the stuff that we talk about with biohacking and you know, these alternative diets that are more meat based, carnivores, these sorts of things um, and things in relation to the pandemic, which I don't think there's any further need to elaborate on that. But people are legitimately getting censored from YouTube and Instagram. I have seen it myself personally, uh, people that I follow in the health space. And it's really sad to me that, you know, we're losing our ability to question as scientists, like if you're a scientific minded person, or you are an actual science, part of your job is to question the status quo and to question what information is being put out in the world. And all of a sudden, all of that is getting, you know, taken away. And I really worry for our freedom of speech. Um, So when you see these things, or when you hear these things, you know, we should all be more aware of it. And certainly more, um, like just letting people know that it is happening and it's not a conspiracy <laughs> theory kind of thing. It's it's legitimately happening. So anyway, I am glad you've found some platforms where you can continue to discuss these things and continue to learn from people without fear of it being taken down. So anyway, did you say the actual names of those? I can add them to the show notes, but the names of the places they can find you? Uh, yeah, BitChute and Brighteon. But see, I don't even know about either one of those yet. So obviously I need to get on there. But anyway, <laughs> I just want to thank you so much for sharing your time today. You're obviously a very busy man with some amazing projects going on. And I appreciate you taking the time to share this with my listeners. Um, thank you so much. And I hope to talk to you again in the future and keep up with what you're doing.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> yeah. This has been the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. content on the heal nourish grow podcast does not constitute medical advice content contained in the heal nourish grow podcast is not intended as medical diagnosis or treatment neither the company nor its owner, Heal, Nourish, Grow, LLC, nor any of the company's employees, agents, or guest speakers provide medical advice. The content provided on Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your medical provider with any questions about what health practices are right for you.